my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Uh, we're talking about the body image and, and, and how we can improve uh, our self-love and whatnot. So I've always had a little problem with acne. And I remember uh, one time, I'm like, fuck, I'm going on this date. And uh, I, I just felt like I, I was breaking out, you know. And as the day went on and stuff like that, I don't know how it got brought up. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you barely have like anything. You have like one spot here. That's totally normal. I'm like, damn. Like, in reality, I'm thinking like, shit, this is noticeable. Oh, my God. She's like, what are you saying? Like, and that's like the magnifying glass or like even the spotlight effect is we think like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at my nose. It's It's so big. But in reality... Like a fall, small percentage, like barely notice it or or give a fuck about it. It's like a book I read, The Psycho-Cybernetics uh, by Maxwell Maltz. He was a, uh, a plastic surgeon. Did you read yeah. this? You're shaking your head. Yeah, he's, I know him. Yeah, and he was talking about these people would come in to his office and they're like, oh my gosh, my nose is the worst thing in the world. And, you know, I can't get this job. I, I can't, you know, attract this type of person. And he's like, Okay, it's not that big of an issue, but if you want, you can pay me the money. And he barely trim it up, and then their whole life would change. But he's like, there's barely any difference with this. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that really goes into the whole self-image thing. So mm. help me love myself, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so let's go back to that date thing. And, um, you know, if it was your first date with this girl when you had the, the acne. Yeah, okay. So... This is why I believe that body image and the way we perceive, our, perceive ourselves is very emotional. Because in addition to meeting somebody the first time, like you're like, oh, what about my acne? But there was probably deeper things going on. It's like, well, is she going to like me? Is it going to go well? Is it going to be fun? Is she, are we going to get along? Like there's probably more questions going on than just the acne. So I take all that stuff and then put the focus on my acne is what you're saying. So like all those feelings or questions you're asking and I magnify it in what I'm insecure about. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So like, let's, cause earlier in our conversation, I had mentioned how it's convenient to hate on our bodies and it's, it's convenient to use our appearance as a scapegoat for deeper rooted things or insecurities. So like the big epiphany. So the reason why I had even gone to that is because when I was at my smallest, blondest, most tanned, most, you know, all that kind of stuff, I was the most miserable. And I remember I was listening to this, like le this lecture, cause I'm a total nerd. I was listening to this university lecture and the lecturer was speaking about scapegoats and how conflict with ourselves or with other people are a scapegoat for deeper rooted issues. And at that time, I was just coming out of a, a phase of anorexia. So I was going for a few months of not really eating. And I realized at that point that I hated my life and my life always blew up in my face and I was never happy and I never had stable relationships. And I was always running from one place to another to another because I put all of my worth, you know, this is a very niche thing, but I put all of my worth on my body and like, and my workouts and looking good and like trying to make myself as attractive as possible. And there was a point I went on this rant for a, a reason. Why the thing that started my tangent was talking about how to get you more self-love. There we go. And how like insecurities about our bodies are often scapegoats for deep rooted things. So this fear and a deep rooting fear of like, well, I'll be alone forever. No one's ever going to want me or I've never felt true love before. And I, how can life be stable and, 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 uh, and neutral and enlivening with me, just me? Like, how is that possible? Because a lot of the time it's, it's very normal for many people to experience that. And why I think a, a collect collectively people tend to live in an appearance focused way is because 
life is traumatic. Shit does happen. Like things fall apart. And again, the body is always there. It's the most convenient thing to latch onto and be like, well, as long as I look good, then uh, I, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to fall in love. I'm supposed to have belonging. I'm supposed to have money. And there's all these things that go along with an appearance. And I think that's inherently flawed. You know what I mean? Okay. So how do I get over that then? So on this date, how could I have been, oh, I have some blemishes. Okay. Whatever. I have to go in some deep meditative trance and realize that, okay, everything's going to be okay. Like I'm going to be sturdy and maybe someone's going to love me. Like what do you, how do I improve that so I don't take out my negativity insecurity on my body? Yeah. So if any uh, females out there are like asking them this question, send me a DM because this is exactly what I teach my clients, but you're going to get a little crash course right here. So I, the first point of starting to understand, like being able to make the connection that, you know, maybe there's more to the story here. Maybe my, maybe the, the fat on my stomach or when I look down and I have my double chin or like when my arm looks too big or my forehead's too big, maybe there's more to the picture. Maybe I'm, maybe like when I'm seeing this about myself, I feel like I'm unlovable and I don't belong and that I'm rejectable and abandonable and all these different things. Like there's, you think all of these things could happen and like being able to recognize that is profound. I promise you, like my life changed when I was like, Whoa, Oh my God. Like <laughs> I hate my stomach even when I'm underweight because I hate myself. And it was just kind of, it was just like a really profound thing. I was like, Whoa. and then ever since then I was like, okay, I'm going to just be honest. I'm just going to own that. I feel, that I have insecurities that I, I don't know how to be stable. And like, my life was always very volatile. Like I traveled all the time and was always in, like, I never had friendships that lasted more than a year. And like, it was always like, like take off, crash, take off, crash. And that's a very common thing. Like this is a very normalized way of living. It's like, go, go, go. And then self-care go, go, you know, it's like those phases that happen. And being able to realize that you're kind of like on this existential rat race. So there's like the societal rat race. And then there's this existential one where it's kind of like wanting to find happiness or anything like that. Like just acknowledging that there's that inner quest kind of happening or acknowledging that, you know, there's more to the picture is the first thing. And then, you know, this is a big, this is why I use body image as a way to talk about mental health is because learning how to like embrace your acne, like getting to a place where you can be neutral by your acne and be like, okay, I have acne and I don't like it, which is fine. I'm not saying if you don't want your acne, you don't have to have it. Go to the doctor and like get prescription. Like throughout this past year, I went on acne medication last year, cleared it up and I feel way more confident. And like, that's why body image preferences. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like it's okay to have preferences, but is when it's coming from a place of I'm good enough whether or not this acne's here, whether or not somebody wants to be with me based on this acne is not my problem. Like I'm still me at the end of the day, they're, they're with me, the person, not the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that was interesting. Okay. Hey, let's get practical now. Let me know what you think of this exercise to improve maybe your self image, your confidence, uh, and so forth. Okay, so when you're walking the street and you see people, I think a lot of the times, at least when I was younger, I'd start like judging them. Like, oh, why would you, you know, wear those boots? Like, oh, okay, that, that fits not that good. Like, okay, come on. But I switched it to like, oh, hey, that's a really nice um, scarf. And I like to tell people too. So hey, it's like old grandma, you know, hey, I love your hat. That's super cool. Like one of those Russian hats or whatnot. And just like catching yourself, like judging. Because the judging is a reflection of yourself, correct? Like, oh, I'm looking at them because my insecurities are being projected onto them and and so forth. So if you can switch that mindset and like start appreciating things and appreciating people and and not judging, that's got to help your body image and and self-image, no? Yeah. Because, yeah. So like, I feel like overall, it would just set a better attitude for your own like mental health and like mental state throughout the day. If you're seeing like, 
the good instead of the bad, like, you, you know, air quotes, because what's good and bad you deem good or bad is like when your perceptions, bold perceptions, when your perceptions are, it's kind of, um, I was listening, I'm listening to Eckhart Tolle right now. He's that, or for people who don't know, he's, a, he's great. I'm reading his book, A New Earth. And it's all about the egoic mind kind of thing. But anyways, go read the book. The, sorry guys, I always have so much to talk about with this topic and it's really hard to make things concise <laughs> and like make sense because it's really out there. Like the way that I talk about body image. Well, hold on. Speak on that though. Like if you're judging someone like in your head, like, wow, those boots are ugly or that dude's short or this and that, isn't that saying a lot about yourself? Like, why do we do that? For sure. Well, that kind of goes back to what I had mentioned at the beginning. Like we engage in self-objectification. We reduce ourselves to the shell of our body rather than looking at what's actually going on. When you look in the mirror and you're, and you just, I'm like, oh, I feel so fat and ugly or I'm using female narratives. I'm not sure what the male narratives are or the stereotypical male narratives are. You know, you say these things to yourself and, oh, Nick, I'm so sorry. You are asking me what? Okay. So when we walk the street and we're judging people left and right, why are we doing that? So what does it mean when your insecurities are projected onto other people? Like, why am I, especially when I was younger doing that, judging people and all oh, that scarf is dumb and this dude is stupid and that girl, oh, if she had a bigger ass, it would be better. Like, why would I do that? Because it's <laughs> insecure or like what we're projecting it or tell me. Okay. So that that's how I linked back to the self-objectification. Thank you. And so like that's playing a part of it. But what I teach my clients is being aware of the stories that you're telling yourself all day. So if you're walking around and you're and you're projecting your insecurities, so to say, onto other people or if you're noticing uh, you know people's appearances whether they're good or they're bad in your perception, those are based off the narratives that you tell yourself. So what I teach my clients is to be aware of the narratives that we're saying and like why we do that are, you know, is like how that's a, that's a, that's a really complex question. Like I don't have a simple answer for you because you know, there's social factors, upbringing factors, genetic factors, personality traits, like where you're from culture. Like there's so many factors as to what contributes to the narratives that we say to ourselves or like the muse with music or movies, all that kind of stuff. I got you. Hey, let me ask you this. This is really affects me. Um, living this sort of nomadic life, the mm -hmm. roller coaster life. You said you you know you talk about the crash and then the burn and whatnot. Yeah. But one day I can be in Milan with a model on top of the world. The next day I could be getting stood up by a girl who, for uh, attractive purposes, is like a six out of ten. You understand mm -hmm. me? So like, like that really kind of fucks with your brain. Like, where mm -hmm. am I? Okay, so one day I'm I'm the man. I'm the total shit. The next day, this girl treats me like I, I'm, I'm nothing, right? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of factors that play into this about like like social status or if I was in the same uh, city and having the same experiences and and uh, that back up who I am and whatnot. But a lot of times out here, like one person's perceptions of me could be a thousand percent different than someone else. But you, for example, for the most part in your city where you're from, Everyone has a similar perception, maybe. Oh, that's Hannah. She does the body image thing. She lives over here with this boyfriend. She does this. Out here on the road, no one knows who the fuck I am, right? So someone's perception is totally different than the other person. How would you deal with that? And like, I mean, it, it fucks with my head a lot. It's like, what the hell? Like, who am I? What is this? And yeah. wow, one day I'm the man. One day I'm, you know, totally alone. No one gives a fuck about me. You understand that? Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And again, I think that's, you know, it's like, well, how do I deal with the different perceptions that people have of me? That's essentially what you're asking. Yeah. My, what I teach my clients is what does it matter? What does it matter what other people are thinking of you? If you're showing up confidently with the life that you, this is why I root it, take everything back to long-term thinking. This is why like basic things like not eating Oreos all day and never exercising again. It doesn't make sense. Long-term, it doesn't make sense. You want to be living a life that is fulfilling, nurturing. It's in alignment with who you are and how you want to show up. And like, people are going to judge you no matter what. Like for me, I have people comment on my stuff and they say that I'm 
uh, I'm fat, I'm disgusting, or that the things that I post aren't helpful. And then I get the other end of the spectrum. It's like, your content is saving my life. And like, at the end of the day, you can't control what people are thinking. What matters is how you show up. And, you know, I've, I've gone through the life as well with like, you know, I'm, and there's this joke in the family. It's like, oh, Hannah's the fuck up of the family. <laughs> um, and this is like, well, I can go home and be the fuck up of the family or I can travel and not deal with it and like just be me. And then when I had the epiphany, it's like, oh my gosh, I hate my life. And it's so hard because I only see myself as an object. I was like, okay, let me just try to be a human instead. Let me just try to connect with other people and hear them for what they have to say or just be present and know that when people disagree with me or whatever, it's not a threat on me. And it, it doesn't mean that we can't be friends or anything. It just, there's just difference of opinion. That's okay. And that's how dealing with different perceptions was how it came about for me. It's just like, well, it doesn't matter what people see of me because no matter what I didn't like myself, it didn't matter how, if I thought somebody else was rude and I told them and I'm, I got all flustered up about it. Like what matters is, sorry, this is really deep stuff. Like I keep losing my train of thought and I feel I said so something a while ago on a podcast. I forgot what it was, but it was quite profound. I was happy about it. So like basically my lifestyle, I have no external things um, telling me who I am, you know, a, a normal person who is not nomadic or has like a, uh, a steady social circle or a, a job they're going to, they have like outside things like, okay, this is who you are. You know, you work at this job and oh, you have this friend circle and whatnot. I don't have that. So like I said, I deal with those perception shifts. One day I'm the shit. I'm the coolest person in the world. The next day, no one gives a F about me. I can't speak any of the language. I'm all alone in a foreign country. So because of the no outside external stimuli saying like, hey, this is who you are, right? This is your image. This is what you are. I'm able to create my own because I have to, because I can't rely on my father telling me who I am, my uh, uh, job telling me who I am, my religion telling me who I am. Does that I, kind of make sense to you? Yeah, I hear you. But I, 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 I believe that this like one day feeling like the shit and the next day feeling absolutely dreadful um, happens for people with these external regulating factors as well. Like it's, in fact, like a lot of the times people like a lot of like midlife crisis crises happen because people are just going through the notions of life and they they're 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 the family person and they have their steady job and they go on their vacation once a year and you know they're just overwhelmed with like who am I? What what the heck is happening? Like what type of life am I living? Like the 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 crisis manifests in different ways. I think for you in particular and people who've lived the nomadic lifestyle, like Obviously, it's more, there's more room for fluctuation and um, inconsistency. But again, I think what matters more is having that inner dial and that inner flexibility and awareness of today's a rough day, today's a good day, because it happens no matter where you are. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it happens to less effect, though. Like you said, like also, then you had the midlife crisis because you hit a point like, oh my god, like I've been doing the same shit like year after year after year, and it finally like hits you. And like here to me, I always like do an example of, like a rubber band. Like I get stretched super far, and oh my god, and then bang, you understand that? Yeah. Well, you've done it. But um, this is a a point I wanted to make. Okay, practical. Tell me, let's not talking like this hippie stuff. Tell me some tips you tell your clients like. Practically, how can I internalize who I am, be happy, not rely on external factors to tell me what my body image is, what my self image is? How can I internalize my healthy, loving self and body image? Mm -hmm. I love how you're like, oh, no, no, I don't want any of this existential stuff. I don't want any of this hippie stuff. Like, No, I, I like I love talking about that, but I also need to get practical because like there's only so much okay, yeah, I just learned that my insecurities are being projected from my acne, but okay, now what? Do I meditate? Do I no, call my no, mom yeah, and say, so love me enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the point of like getting to the point of that awareness is like really important. And like, if anybody who's listening is like, oh my gosh, like I do that to myself. Like, I self-objectify or like I'm insecure about this. That's the most important part. And then being... Be, and then being aware of your narratives, 
you're like, okay, I've told myself that this acne is bad and that I will be unattractive. And like, you kind of like just play out the narrative of your mind and be like, well, that's not right. There's cognitive distortions in there, which is a psychological term for, or a, a psych- psychiatric term for um, the distortions that we play in our mind, like all black or white thinking, or you feel sad and then you play out a story in your head and then everything just looks bad. Like, seems like it'll all play out badly. A really trippy thing, because you just reminded me of those, it is like the sticky comments. Like someone says to you when you're in fifth grade, like your ears are too big. And like the whole life is kind of always in the back of your head. Like, oh my God, are my ears too big? Like, and then some other stuff about like your personality. Some dude um, I know was having like, I think a breakdown or something. And he was like journaling on Facebook. So I'm reading this stuff. And uh, he was basically like, he wrote a whole thing about um, how his personality and who he became, like the funny guy is because people around him told him like, oh, you're funny, you're funny. So he really internalized that. And that's all he would want to focus on. I always wanted to be the funny guy. Right. And, and because people said that from an early age and just stuck with him and he had to reinforce his identity through being the funny guy, even though he didn't necessarily want to be that guy. Right. So these sticky comments, I think you kind of brought it up with your, what you were saying is, um, uh, like it's stuck in the cognitive dissonance or it's stuck inside your your head because someone said this to you when you're in eighth grade or whatnot. I mean, how do you get over that? That's like stuck a lot of times, right? You have to, mm-hmm. oh, my acne really isn't that bad. Like the girl said to me, it was kind of like, oh shit, okay, you know? Yeah, I think with that, when there's the sticky comments from young, being young and having um, like elementary school, middle school, high school comments or any any comments really, and if it's really impacted you and it stayed with you for so long, I think now, like in the day and age, like if, if somebody says to you, oh, Nick, you have big ears back in fifth grade. And if it was affecting you to, to, to this day, you'd be like, what's most important is creating that distance between the objectification that you're experiencing about your body and then yourself and like the awareness of life like this is why you're like oh no more no no hippie stuff is kind of like but it is inherently kind of (laughs) hippie but like and then knowing that okay so back in fifth grade or middle school or whatever somebody called me fat or like my ears were too big and it really impacted me it really hurt my feelings and giving yourself that grace to be like I was really I was I was in my form my formative years, I was, my mind was very malleable. I was very susceptible to social influences. Like I was taking things in like a sponge and it really affected me. And maybe my, and then maybe my ears are a little big, but whatever, I don't see them. Or, you know, like that's kind of how I work through it. it. I've been doing this for a few years, so I kind of do it more instantaneously. But does that make sense? It's kind of like giving yourself grace to be like, this really impacted me for a long time, it hurts my heart or, you know, hurts my feelings or I'm a little unconscious, uh, like insecure about it or whatever. And then being like, eh, but it's not really helpful. My mind, my energy can be put on something else. That's really good. You made some great points about the malleable mind when you're young, because mm-hmm. you don't know who you are or really what you are. And you're told by the teachers, your parents, maybe the priest or, or whatever environment you are in. Cause like, um, you don't know what the hell is going on in life and you're tied and okay, this is what you should do. This is who you are. And that's, that's trippy. Cause like now, like, well, no one said I had big years in fifth grade, but like if someone, let's say that that, that did happen and they, if someone told me now, like, Oh, you have big years. I'd be like, okay. Like, it's not like my whole image is uh, predicated on this. Like in fifth grade, like you're probably like, Oh my God, let's wear a hat and yeah. you know, I'm worried and, and whatnot. And that is really trippy. And I'm really fascinated with the um, psychology behind societal programming cultural programming the religion programming when you're young because it literally does shape everything there's some studies that said from like what zero to like eight is like where your or seven is where your personality is totally made have you heard about that i mean that's that's crazy yeah totally i have heard about that and that's why i think being able to come to the awareness of the stories that we tell ourselves is so crucial because we unconsciously live by these narratives that we're constantly telling ourselves and becoming aware of what the narratives are and what they mean and the conclusion conclusions you're drawing from them could mean why life is always so hectic or why life never goes your way. And there's opportunity to modify and potentially improve that 
And like you do that by like, wow, my life, I'm not very good at, at functioning in life. Let me try to function better. And I'm, I'm hey, give me an example of one of these narratives again, not the one we, the ones we use, but let's really dissect a narrative and how we become aware of it and how we get over it. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you can share one a client has done recently. And honestly, yeah, literally that's where my mind just went to. Okay. It's like, I was just like, okay, what do my clients tell me the juicy stuff? Um, a body image narrative. A lot of, so a lot of women struggle with like their, their midsection and they feel really insecure about their midsection. So a common narrative is, well, the process of getting dressed can normally, that's where the narrative even starts. You wake up and you have some plans or you, you have a date that day and building up to that, you have this narrative building in your mind. It's like, well, I'm going to, I'm not even going to look good. I'm going to or maybe I hope he thinks I'm attractive. What if what if I'm fatter in person than I than he thinks? Or you know, this is just a basic, very basic narrative. It's like getting ready for a date, and the narrative's already starting. It's like, well, I hope that I'm pretty enough. As long as I'm pretty enough, then maybe he'll like me, and then maybe I'll be loved. And then there's a, a lot of things kind of going on. And then when it comes to getting on the clothes, it's kind of like, well, are these going to fit? Are they going to fit? Are they going to fit? And you put them on. And I said, like, oh, okay, they fit. Now let me look in the mirror. And you look in the mirror and then there's like some muffin top or your stomach isn't as flat as you'd like, or you have rolls or something like that. The reaction and the emotional response that you get from these activities are a result of the narratives that we're building up from it. Does that make sense so far? Like you- Talk, keep going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just like to make sure that that makes sense so far. So. And then if you're in that mindset of like getting dressed and you're like, oh, is this, is this going to be good enough? And you're already, you've already like put up, put your appearance on such a pedestal that it's limiting your ability to show up as yourself and to just be yourself to a certain extent, not necessarily all of the time, but it's definitely a factor. And then, then the narrative would be, well, if I wear this and then like, there's, that's where the clothing stress goes on that so many people struggle with. It's like, well, what type of outfit should I wear? I don't look, my boobs look too small or they look too big or my hips are too fat or my thighs are too big or, you know, there's all these different or shoulders and stuff like all these different things go into the distressing experience of getting dressed for people who experience body image struggles. Okay. So what's the difference then if I, if I didn't, I would be a, I'd be a happier person if I didn't worry about it or whatnot, or what, what are you saying the opposite is? So I should just not care. Like she just, just look at it and be like, okay, I'm getting dressed. I'm going to be happy. And then you come in there with a different personality. So what are you saying? Like, what's the other narrative? You're just putting yeah. your energy to something else or what? So the first narrative, so that's like the example of how that narrative would play out. And a lot of people experience that daily occurrence of, well, if I just looked better, then life would be better. So being aware of that narrative like that overall is a narrative build up of many other things. But if you struggle with body image issues, there's likely a recurring theme of self-objectification within daily narratives. It's just like, well, so that's that. So to answer your question, it's not so much the opposite of it. Like when I think back to what I had to do and what I taught my clients is as soon as the narrative starts, Oh, I have to get dressed and put on jeans and get a nice shirt today. And I, I better not look too fat because I want to make sure that I look good and attractive. That is a narrative. And like it, at first you have to intervene right away and be like, I think that my impression on another person is completely tied to my appearance first and foremost, and then everything else be like, okay, that's appearance focused living. And that's not helpful for people who live with body, for people who live with body dysmorphia in particular. It's just like, you can't rely on your appearance. It just, it doesn't help because you can't see yourself. Instead, you have to be appear attitude focused and be like, well, I want to show up at this, on this date or this meeting with confidence. I want to be able to look them in the eyes, hear them, listen to them, laugh have intelligent conversation, like whatever it is that you want, how you want to show up and be like, I'm going to focus on making sure that I'm okay. I'm going to not concentrate on my outfit. I'm going to go for when the time comes to get dressed, I'm going to go 
with an outfit that I know is comfortable or at least the most comfortable out of all the potential outfits. And then like throughout that, throughout the entire process, throughout the entire day, there'll be more and more challenges that come up with your mind. It'll be like, well, you know, you might feel good for 20 minutes and then 25 minutes later, you feel like shit again. And then being like, well, what, what has changed? Why am I thinking that? And like really being aware of, you know, the narratives we're telling ourselves. Does that make sense? I know that I'm usually speak really, really out there. <laughs> so what is it? Is it self-sabotaging? Is that these narratives basically? Oh, big time. Yeah. Self-sabotage for sure. Um, that was actually, a explain, yeah, explain that self-sabotage like to me though. Like everyone, oh, it's self-sabotage. Like, okay, but what do you mean? Tell me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I believe that body image and like being like the appearance focused living and then like being completely focused on how you look, being attractive, attracting people, being desirable, like having that is self-sabotaging if your life long-term goal is, well, I want to, I want to be loved. I want to like find connection. And I'm not saying that you can't be attractive and not feel love and connection. I'm saying that knowing what your motives are and acting in accordance with those, those motives and desires is more important. So like if you're wanting love and acceptance, but you only prioritize looking good and hoping that people find you attractive, then I was, you know, this is, is, is complicated stuff. We're just, we're smiling over here because <laughs> tell me, tell me, um, tell me self-sabotage though. So what I'm basically doing things and putting these narratives in my head. Cause I don't want to be loved or I don't want to have a good day. Like what does this real self-sabotage thing? Hey, I believe self-sabotage is when you have like, this is it, it, it Okay. Deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> With when I think of self-sabotage for myself and like, I was like, yeah, it definitely is self-sabotage. Like when I had this epiphany, it's like, oh my gosh, I use my body as a scapegoat. I realized that I was self-sabotaging my life because for so long, I just wanted to have belonging, feel loved, have fun, just no stress, just fit in with life, just have things go. But I was self-sabotaging that vision because I was always throwing out connection and like with relationships and family and being able to connect with people over food because food is inherently like it's a cultural experience. It's a very social experience, which there's a whole bunch of history we could get in on that. But I was sabotaging my life vision because I was prioritizing my desirability. Does that make sense? Like, that's what I mean by self-sabotage. Like it's in, it's uh, interfering with the person who you want to be in the life that you want to live. And like, I know that this is like, it's super easy to talk about body image, like just being like, oh, on the body. But for me, I don't think it's about the body at all. I think it's about your whole life image and the self image and the life that you're living. And that's how I think appearance focused living can be self-sabotaging because it pre it takes over your energy and your motives for everything. At least that's how it was for me. All right. What if someone doesn't accept my body or doesn't, uh, someone that I like doesn't find me attractive. How do I get over that? Well, I get denied by someone or I am like rejected physically. Like how do you get over that? You understand? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Someone rejects my body image. Oh, no, you're ugly. I don't no, like no. you. Okay, no, if somebody, I think it's, if somebody deems you unattractive, what, so. Talk, yeah, even if it's not in like a malicious content, oh, let's just be friends. Like, oh, you're a nice boy, that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, like I'm uh, rejected. I, I'm uh, no. I'm not attractive. I'm, my body image, like I'm well, depressed about it. This is the thing. This is the thing. It's like. If you're getting rejected and somebody's like, oh, I just want to be, I just want to be your friend. Like, I'm, I'm not really interested in anything else. It doesn't mean that your, that your appearance is terrible or that nobody ever thinks that you're attractive. It just means at that time, like, 
rejection is a part of life. Like this is why it, going back to those, the, the deeper rooted emotional factors are so important. Like if you feel rejected and you think it's because of your body, I think that's when you got to take a hard look at yourself and kind of be like, well, is it actually my body? Or am do I, am I living the life that I want to right now? Like, is this in accordance with how I want? And like having peace with the fact and grace with, okay, that person, it didn't work out. That's it's shitty. Like it hurts getting rejected or rejecting or, you know, like that, the whole attractive desirability mate searching thing is <laughs> an overwhelming and stressful experience for a lot of people. And, you know, that I sound like a date. I'm not a dating coach at all. Like I don't, you know, um, but dealing with the feelings of rejection is being like acknowledging, okay, I feel rejected. They have rejected me for reasons beyond my comprehension. Like who knows? And if they are reducing your, the rejection to you not being attractive enough or somebody not being attractive enough, you know, that's on them. Like, okay, their appearance focused living. I, I appreciate who I am, how I show up. And that's when it ties back to this long-term thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And that's why I knew you were going to say that part. Like, oh, they're, they're appearance focused. But that's why I brought up the point like, hey, I really like you. You're nice. But it's just it's not going to work, you know, sexually. And you want it to work, you know, on that kind of level, not platonic. And so mm -hmm. then you got to take a hard look at yourself. What do you either improve or do you still love yourself and be like, OK, well, hey, she just uh, beauty is an eye of the beholder or whatnot. Right. But dealing with that. Right. Because that's not easy. You know what I mean? Especially men. Men deal with it a lot, especially a, a big percentage of them. You know, a girl this, yeah, this is going in the dating stuff. But like a girl can be. um um, accepted on these dating apps, you know, a hundred to, to one, like a, a man, a man, it's way different. The swiping, right. That That's proven. These are stats, right? So they get that reinforcement, like, Oh, I got a match. I got a match. Right. But a lot of men, it's the opposite. Correct. So that's what I was trying to get into, but I think I, I understand your answer and it makes sense. Like, okay, well look at yourself. Like, okay, do I need to improve? Do I need to do something? But also like, Hey, I need to accept myself and you know, not everyone's going to like you and it's rejection and you're dealing with life. But I understand this is more kind of out of your realm. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like dealing with that feeling of rejection from a male perspective, like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not very knowledgeable or informed about the male perspective of the like a feeling rejected uh, and your what you've just described as well. Um yeah, it's the, I don't know when I think in general, like feeling rejected, it is your sign that, you know, it's okay to have hurt feelings and like having grace for yourself and be like, that really sucks. Or like, maybe the person led you on and be like, well, that wasn't very nice. Like, why would they do that? Or, um, you know, kind of seeing the situation more for as it is rather than a representation of who you are and what your value is. Like, I think there's a difference, like, personifying the experience and then like just looking at it objectively. I think looking at, instead of looking at yourself objectively, I think looking at the situation objectively, like, Hey, that person, a lot, of, cause a lot of people like they don't, they might, a lot of people might not necessarily think that someone's unattractive or attractive. Like I know for me, it was always like an emotional thing. Like it didn't, I, I never went for the stereotypical attractive guys because like for me, I would always go for the emotion and somebody who I could connect with. Even when you were living an appearance-based lifestyle, wouldn't it be better if the mm. a hot guy next to you, like that's appearance-based, no, right? I was so insecure. I was so insecure. I couldn't be with a hot guy because I would be too jealous. Oh. <laughs> so embarrassing. So embarrassing to admit. But yeah, I was very... I've done a lot of mental health work over the years on this because like my life was completely controlled. Like I couldn't be around people who I deemed to be more attractive than me because it made me feel inferior. Like very, that's very vulnerable confession. Like I feel embarrassed confessing that, but you know what and I mean? Jealousy and that kind of stuff is another interesting topic, but okay. We've been going for a minute. We're going to chop this up. I think we got a lot of stuff. Let's finish this off with like some real practical um, body image stuff. Like, exercises. I thought mine was kind of decent. Like, 
slowing down your projection of insecurities on others when you're walking the street and yeah. looking at other people. Um, but like, you know, is there some other, do I look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. Like, tell me, um, yeah, tell me no. practical stuff though, that I can actually like work out with my body image stuff. Yeah, totally. So, uh, first and foremost, the, the thing is like, I love myself despite my flaws. I am beautiful with all of my cellulite. I don't think that's helpful because again, that's appearance focused living. Um, and to a certain extent, objectifying and being like my cellulite is beautiful. So the affirmations that I like to teach my clients and you guys um, are saying things about character building. So I'm, I try, therefore I'm enough. Or that one's my favorite. That's my absolute go-to. Or I learned that this is true when you're self-deprecating but it doesn't mean it's true. And like those kind of affirmations, um, that's one thing. Oh, Nick, you know, you asked me such a simple question. I'm just like, but it's so much more complicated than that. <laughs> um, and then for example, with, when, it, when you go to exercise and going to exercise, instead of going to exercise and be like, oh, I want to get like nice toned arms or I want to grow my booty or anything like that, it's being like, what I remember the first time I went to the gym with my perspective of like, Hey, I'm just going to go to the gym and like exercise because I like to and be like, Hey, I'm just going to go. And when you go to the gym, instead of being like, Oh, looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and criticizing on your body being like, Hey, I know that I look in the mirror and criticize myself. So instead I'm not going to look in the mirror unless I'm checking for my form. I'm going to focus on what my body can do how strong it is and how it will, how my arms not only lift weight, but they actually, I able to be held in my loved one's arms or love or hold my loved one. Um, does that make sense so far? Yeah. I got another one. Uh, grateful, uh, exercises. So related to the body, try to just like pick one thing on your body each day. Like, Oh, like I like my fingers. They look good. And then try to train yourself to be like, Oh, you know what? My forearm is actually pretty good. And Oh, you know what? Like my shoulders are are popping out today. Like, is that is that a decent one? Just being like, hey, I'm grateful for you know my my skin is healthy. I don't have scabs on it because like a lot of I mean people forget. Do people don't have legs? They don't have limbs. Um, they got yeah. uh, diseases. So just picking one thing a day, be like, hey, wow, I'm grateful. I got curly hair. You know, my mother said curls get the girls when I was young. So that's Aww. what I'm grateful for today. Yeah, does that yeah. kind of build up or no? Definitely. And like I started at an even more fundamental level with my clients. So like be grateful for your eyes so you can see the world. So you can make eye contact with the people that you love. Be grateful for your ears so you can hear the birds chirping in the morning or the waves or like even those sensory, the sensory, sensory? I mean, that's a hard word. Sensory functions of the body I find helpful because you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, I love, I love my thighs because they're thick and strong. And it's kind of like, okay, like, yeah, but, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But when you're building up your self image, when you're reconstructing your character, when you're learning how to show up in life differently, I think it's more important to be like, I appreciate the fact that my legs take me on walks so I can go see nature and travel in new cities and appreciate new culture and experience life. And just kind of not focus, not focusing on like, it's okay to be like, yeah, my stomach is beautiful. But I just, I personally going through my own journey, like that wasn't helpful. I had to disengage and be like, I have a stomach because I eat food. When I eat food, my stomach bloats. Then I drink water and then the next day it goes flat again. And like just really breaking it down like that. I mean, like, okay, I, or if like you feel like your stomach's too big, it's like, I feel like my stomach is too big. And then you look at your life and be like, well, I haven't been working out or, oh, am I still here? Oh yeah. Sorry. I thought my internet cut out. And am I still here? Whose internet is cutting out? Is See, mine is bad. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. If you're looking at your body and you're unhappy because that's a lot of things. It's like, well, how am I supposed to be happy? And how am I supposed to change my life if I just hate my body so much? And it's just like, okay, well, use your body as that access point to 
reconfigure yourself. So if you're struggling with you, like, you look at yourself, you're like, oh my God, I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, what happened yesterday? Were you in a fight? Are you going to a job that you hate? Do you feel lost? Are you broke? Like what, what's going on? And then being like, well, that's not the life that I want to live. I want to live this sort of life, <laughs> which it is, I, you know, I'm speaking very existentially, like I'm very all, I guess, spiritual. Like a lot of people get annoyed with me with it, but it's, I just, whenever I focused on the appearance lifestyle, it was not helpful. I'm sorry, Nick. This is so hard to, this is so hard to verbalize. Okay. Long-term though, that's what you talked about, right? And then bigger picture and trying to stick off the appearance type stuff. So, okay. The nicer house, the nicer body, the, the beauty and look more into like the feelings or what fulfills you, right? That's pretty hippie talk. That's what we got to put our focus towards. <laughs> yeah. It's about being able to go through a day and dealing with the ups and downs in life and handling it. And like when you feel some sort of self-objectification or like some loathing or like, oh, I don't look good. And I'm like, oh, but I always think I don't look good. So maybe I actually don't feel good. Maybe I don't, maybe these jeans are too small. Maybe I need to get a bigger size. It's, it's, it's hippie to a certain extent because you have to think long-term and like theoretically about your life and be kind of strategic, but it's also very practical. Cause like when you're hating on your appearance and you feel miserable, it's like, nah, this isn't very helpful. I feel upset and that's okay. And you can write about, do a journal entry or call up a friend or hire a coach, you know, whatever you want to do. And then be like, this isn't helpful. This isn't functional. I've been doing this my entire life and hating my body hasn't been working. My body is always the problem. Maybe there's something else that's the problem. Yeah. It's the easy scapegoat. Okay. Cause you yeah. can see it, you can feel it or you're, this is where you can take out the, the crap about life onto. Okay. I'm, I'm getting the point. I'm understanding. I got to stop taking my, my lifestyle out on my acne. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard because we're very much focused on well, I don't, I don't want to be fat. I want to be, I want to be attractive. If I just looked better, my life would be better. And like, I have, well, I have one client. She's brilliant. I adore her, but she, and she's a total boss babe. And like, goddess in every way except she's like yeah but I would be better my life would be happier if if I were skinnier it's like yeah but when you were a double zero you still were unhappy you it's double zero still wasn't small enough so what what do you think is gonna what you're gonna get to and that's why it's it's so frustrating and why I think a lot of people <laughs> get annoyed with me it's like it's not about the body at all no, totally. That goes into a lot more things like, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, one day it's the acne one day it's, um, all the tiredness or one day if my leg didn't feel this, it'd be better. It's like, we always try to find something for sure. Okay. Hey, pitch your stuff, Hannah. I think we have enough content here. We'll chop it up a little bit. Cause we were going left and right. And, uh, but we had some good stuff for sure. hundred percent. And it's good to see you again. You seem way more happier actually i don't know because you did seem pretty happy when we recorded last time but maybe you had like the mask on yeah a lot it was it, it was interesting because like after our lot when we recorded back in november 2020 uh i got in a car accident right after um our our podcast recording so i yeah i mean there's always an element of curation especially it, it, I'm never going to deny that. Like the, I, whenever I do any of my work, I always make sure that I'm, I'm in a place where I can show up properly, you know, for how I want to show up. And obviously that requires some curation. And that's something that I can contemplate for sure. Cause that authenticity and gen and sincerity is important, but for my, thank you so much for having me on Nick. Um, I am on Instagram predominantly. Um, my Instagram handle is at I'm Hannah Linnea. So I M H A N N A H L I N N E A. And I'm also on TikTok very seldom. And I did have my YouTube channel, but you know, I want to get back onto that, but haven't lately due to the Instagram prioritization and client fulfillment. And I work with people 
who deal with lifelong body image insecurities. Sometimes people are diagnosed with eating disorders, sometimes not. And I work with people who've gone through life constantly having life blow up in their face. People who've always thought that a better body would mean a better life. And even when you get that better body, you realize, you know, it's, uh, that's not all that there is to life or, yeah, I just essentially help people see that they can look in the mirror and not cry every day. Cause I used to be one of those people who'd wake up and cry every morning. So yeah, it's a wonderful niche and it's only going to get bigger and bigger because of our social media life and um, how fake a lot of it is. And especially I could not imagine growing up uh, like with this stuff now, like seeing for, I think more on my side, it's like lifestyle, like to you, it was like the body. But if I was a little kid seeing like, oh, this dude's on a yacht now and oh my God, they're this place and that place. I mean, that would fuck with my head. Now, I couldn't really imagine like a little girl who has the body stuff being on Instagram now and the TikToks. I mean, you're, I mean, all the, the, the woman, like the Cardi B's got fake asses, uh, fake tits, everything's fake now. Could you imagine being a little girl in that age? So I think your services are going to be very valuable um, now and for sure in the future. And I definitely recommend Hannah. I mean, I haven't done the program, obviously, but I think your authentic, authenticity and um, you've been through the shit and your personality is would, would uh, make a good uh, coach in this sort of um, uh, niche. But keep it rolling. Um, you've been doing a lot of great things since I've uh, seen the page grow and whatnot. Appreciate you coming on. Um, let's stay in touch. And when I got some issues again, I'm going to call you and say, okay, help me out. You know, make me more secure with myself. Do it. Totally. Yeah. Most of my clients, the biggest thing about with my clients is that they have like 24 access to me because a lot of the times, like when you're overwhelmed with body image at random times and you're just like, oh my gosh, my life is so bad right now. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Yeah. You, so like just listeners hit me up, Nick, I'm always here. You just hit me up whenever. And it was such a pleasure. Thanks for bearing with me as I was going all over my hippy dippy loops. <laughs> no worries. No, I think it's a very important thing and something I'm starting to really dive into more with like the self image and reality and, and hacking it and whatnot. But this body image thing is going to be, it's going to be wild the next couple of years. Like when it's, when all the effects of these young people that grew up on, on this, this, phone in our face so awesome hannah we'll put the stuff in the in the bio and whatnot and have a wonderful time in uh cold uh canada what's hey spring's coming uh summer's yeah, on spring's the corner coming. i still have a water, hot water bottle and a heated blanket on but spring is coming hi <laughs> right, guys hey live bold Cause your waist is small and your curves are kicking And I'm thinking about sticking To the beanpole dames in the magazines You ain't it, Miss Thing Give me a sister, I can't resist her Red beans and rice didn't miss her Some knucklehead tried to diss Cause his girls are on my list He had game, but he chose to hit him And I pull up quick to get with him So ladies, if the butt is round And you want a triple X throwdown Dial 1-900-Mix-A-Lot And kick them nasty thoughts